This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Indoors or out, fall, winter, spring, and summer, whenever you garden, wherever you garden, this is the show that covers it all. The AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And yours truly, Franklin Proctor, who is the sous chef of the garden. David, uh, our producer, will be answering the phones. And uh, a good morning, one and all. And good morning to you, Franklin. Yes, and Charles. I think we could rename Dave our <laughs> CD producer. He's our got a CD producer. CD producer. I think that would be a, a nice way to refer to him. Oh, um, <laughs> I mean, he might. How's that like spelled? S e e d y. No, no, no. Uh, yeah, of course. Oh, CD. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's alrighty. Okay. Um, can I tell you about the start of my day? Well, first tell everybody how they can get a hold of us if they'd like oh, to call. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. we got to deal with the garden show, don't we? <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's true. But okay, I'm happy sure. to hear about your morning. Uh, okay, sure. For, <laughs> if you're in Toronto, 416-360-0740. Okay. And that'll get a hold of Charlie there. And then uh, anywhere else in the province, it's toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. And the mantra is, call early, call often, one question per call. There we go. And don't forget that if you do miss a show Mm -hmm. because you're out doing some Christmas shopping or whatever you're doing, we are um, archived. Our shows are are podcast and archived at iTunes.com. So if you miss a show, you can always go back and listen later. Or if you miss some particular aspect of a show, you can always go back and listen later. So there's that to remember. And remember as well, we are broadcast on Rogers 949, which is on your TV. So that's a Saw it last night or turned it on last night. My son. Yeah. (laughs) We don't have, in in, uh, St. Catharines, it's Kojiko down there. Uh, So we don't get Rogers. But in, in town here, I was staying at my son's last mm-hmm. night, Toby, and uh, sure enough, there they, they, it was. Yep. Broadcast, coming nice through. and clear. Loud and clear. It's beautiful. So that's something, you know, worth remembering if you need uh, to get th- to get the station nice and clear mm-hmm. wherever there's a television on Rogers Cable. Um, just a couple before you tell us about your morning, because I know oh, you do want to oh, share that. Yes, I, well, the, the I want to get it off my chest. Started, but let me just say a couple of quick things. One is I want to send a, another big thank you out to the Richmond Hill Garden and Horticultural Society. Oh, I, the big meet. Yeah. I attended. Well, it was the it was the banquet. Oh yes, at the Richmond Hill Country Club last Tuesday, and it's a lovely event. There's a lot of work. fancy schmancy, yeah, pretty fancy yeah, schmancy, yeah. and just just but nicely done. Yeah. You know, it's it, it's a it's a lovely dinner and. Uh, the awards are given out because the the Horticultural Society is quite an old one, and they've collected some big, fancy, shiny trophies over the years. And so trophies are awarded for the year of, of the different mm-hmm. award winners in the different competitive classes, like the the biggest vegetable or well what it is is they they have it's yeah. all marks and so it's a numerical uh, awards. But nevertheless, that was fine. So the, all the awards are given. Plus, they have a silent auction. 
So a lot of work goes into collecting all these donations for the silent auction. Yeah. I mean, there must be 150 items. And then everybody goes around and buys little tickets and sticks their tickets in the bag. And then the names are drawn out of the bags. And uh, I can yeah. just see you donating something like, you know, Charlie Dobbins wine sack, you know, or something like that. That that's, would that's be how appropriate. You do the, the lawn <laughs> half cut, you know. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Speaking of lawns, just, yeah. just remember that um, the one good thing about snow is that it does make your lawn look just as nice as your neighbors. <laughs> there you go. There's a good thing about snow. Nice little saying. Yes, I thought you'd be interested in hearing about that. Um, and also one more thing. Last week we had a call from some, was it um, last week? Yes, it was. Last week Dave phoned us from Oakville and he mm-hmm. was having trouble with tomatoes. Oh, yeah. And he had had, he'd grown them in the ground with very poor success. Then he had grown them in pots this past summer. Again, success rate, not what he was looking for. I suggested soil testing. He said, where do I find out more information? I said, I'll tell you this week. So, Dave, if you're listening and anybody else, you cannot go wrong testing your soil. It's a great idea, particularly if you're trying to grow specific right. crops. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it's very simple. On your, on your web yep. browser, Google or whatever your browser is, just punch in uh, soil testing labs in Ontario. As soon as you punch in soil testing labs in Ontario, the first one that'll pop up is the one that is the accredited list of soil testing labs that the Ontario Ministry of Agriculture, Food and Rural Affairs has available to the public. Um, If you, and that's where you want to go. There's no question. Don't just go to any old soil lab. Go to an accredited soil testing lab. They're in Guelph. They're in Ottawa. They're in Stratford. Uh, Closest to the Toronto or Oakville area is definitely Guelph. If you've got a pencil and you want to write this down, it's a big, long government website. But, of course, it starts triple W. And then it's followed up with OMAFRA, which is the Ontario Ministry of Agriculture, Food, and Rural Affairs. So OMAFRA. Dot gov dot on dot ca. So huh, you know all that, bad, right? Yeah. That's easy. Backslash. Here we, <laughs> here we go. English. <laughs> backslash. Crops. Backslash. Resource. And backslash again, soil labs. Did you get that, everybody? Has everybody got that down now? That's okay. Because we're not repeating it. No, we're not. So just go to Google (laughs) and punch in soil testing labs in Ontario. It'll take you directly to that site. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Now tell us. Okay. 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 I want to. I want to. I want to vent. I want to (laughs) vent. Here I am coming into work, and I want to get a little brekkie to bring to work with me, right? So I stop off at uh, Loblaws just down the way there, and uh, I go in. I get. Two bananas, an apple, and a big thing of yogurt. A bi- Activa like yogurt. That's a big, the big gallon, you know. Size, yeah. yeah, yeah. So you want a bag? Oh no, no. That's fine. I don't need a bag. You know, I, I resent paying that damn five cents. You know, I really do. <laughs> so I, I go to the car, and where I've got bags in the car, of course, which you didn't bring in with me. Mm. And as I'm fumbling with the keys and everything, open the door. The Activa falls. Jumped out of your arms. Uh, on purpose. I yes. think it did it on purpose. Active. Those cultures are alive. Yeah. And they jumped right on my arms onto the pavement. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't lose all of it, but enough to make me cheesed off. You know what I mean? So you're licking but, it off the parking lot or anything? <laughs> <laughs> so I come in to get cheered up and see your face, and I laughed again. There we so go. So there you are. <laughs> that didn't sound right. I didn't mean it that way, Charlie. Oh, geez, you see the look I'm getting now. Okay, we got to take a break, Charlie, and uh, get the. We got callers waiting. Just before we go, though, yes. remember uh, stay, rem, talking about active. Yes. Remember, you want to stay active. Oh you yes. You want to be able to shovel snow you and better be ready. Shovel something 
else. Yeah, or shovel all that yogurt <laughs> off the, the driveway because I did the exact same thing earlier this week. Remember, Sierra Sill makes a great Christmas gift. Sierra Sill is um, a very natural mineral complex. It's been clinically proven to reduce inflammation. It's a favorite amongst people suffering from joint pain, arthritis, uh, any chronic joint inflammation, injuries, etc. So Sierra Sill, consider that as, a, like I say, a great Christmas gift for anybody you know who's stiff and sore and wants to be more active. Very simple. one joint 14 Getting to the root of a growing dilemma. This is the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Hello, Frank Proctor, bidding you a good Saturday morning. Let's say hi to Sharon calling in from West Lorne. Good morning, Sharon. Good morning, folks. Good morning. Um, just a quick question. Mm-hmm. Are you there? Yep, yep, oh, we're here. <laughs> uh, just a quick question. Um, Charlie, I dug some tulips up last year. Excuse me, I've got a cold, so you just have to bear with me. No problem. Um, uh, I dug some tulips up last year. I put them in an onion bag, and I've had them hanging in the garage. Um, I just I didn't get them planted back in the fall, um, and I was just wondering if I could take them and put them in some um, peat moss, put them in a, a paper bag or a box or something with some air going through it or holes in it, and put them in the fridge till next year. Good question. <laughs> you hear that pause? That was a dramatic pause. My well, gosh. What you've had happen is something that happens quite often that, you know, the seasons get away yeah. from us and we're sitting there suddenly discovering unplanted yeah. tulips. Yeah. Exactly. Now, you mentioned they were, they were in your garden and it, so you dug them up out of the garden. Yes. Yes. And I, I dried them off, put them in, in a mm-hmm. onion bag and hung them up in the garage. Now, they do have some of them do have, oh, maybe about. Um, a quarter of an inch uh, sprout on them and that now, too. Yeah, see, that's the trick, is that um, typically when we do forget to get them in the ground, our way around that, I'm talking about tulips particularly here, our way around the fact that it's too cold outside now and perhaps the ground is frozen to get them in the ground now, um, what we do is we'll pot them up and we'll force them to grow. So that's where the refrigerator comes in that you'd, put them into pots with potting soil, uh-huh. then, uh, I believe it or not, water them, put them in a plastic bag, uh-huh. close the plastic bag up, stick the whole thing in the fridge or a, a nice cool spot, refrigerator-type temperature, for about t- approximately 12 weeks. Okay. Then when you pull them out of the refrigerator, of course, they're in the pot, root, lots of roots have grown at that point, yeah. and you will definitely see stems starting. Uh-huh. And you'll bring them into regular room temperature, and they will grow and bloom in your home. I was wondering if I could do that, too, and I yeah. thought maybe it was too late. No, it's not too late okay. to do that. The only thing is is that the best bulbs for forcing are not ones that have already grown, and that's uh-huh. my one sort of stipulation in all of this. Since they've been out in your garden, depending on the size and the health of the well, bulbs. Well, they're, they're <clears throat> different sizes, like yeah. the small ones and that, babies and that, that yeah. I dug up in that, too, like along with the... the um, the mother bulb and whatever. Yeah, the little ones are going to give you leaves only. You're not going to get yeah, flowers yeah, anyway. I understand so that, yeah. honestly, you'd almost be better to just compost those uh, anyway. Unless oh. for some reason you like to just do this process through the pot. Uh, get, you'll get a lot more leaves than flowers. Uh-huh. Uh, even if you have to do multi-pots. And at the end of the day, 
as soon as the spring starts, you know, we get into summer, get them outside and get them in the ground. Mm-hmm. And don't let next winter catch up on you again. Okay. <laughs> okay. Thank you very much. You're very Merry welcome. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, and you The too. same to you, Sharon. Thank you. Yeah, the main and thing uh, is you don't want, like, tulips yeah. need to be outside. Uh, they just will not work as a, in a forced situation in pots forever. So if we do force them in the house one year, then we got to get them outside if we want to keep them going for years to come. Right, you are. All righty. Uh, we'll be on to our next caller here, uh, William, right away. Uh, Aurelia calling in from Aurelia. Good morning, William. Good morning, folks. How Good morning. Charlie. Yes. Several years ago, we phased out with CFRB. Mm-hmm. We'd had enough of them. <laughs> and so we're, we're full-time AM740. Hey, Dave, you got this well, on tape? Good. Get this on I tape. So. Congratulations. <laughs> because Hap Parnaby, who used to be on CFRB, is a personal friend. Mm-hmm. Anyway, what I want to know... Charlie, I have a background grad from University of Manitoba in botany, postgrad from Guelph mm-hmm. in horticulture. Mm. What's your academic background? I too attended Guelph. Oh, you did? I did, yes. I knew darn well. <laughs> it was either Guelph or Niagara Falls. Yeah, Niagara Park. You've dropped certain things, like. When you come out with anthocyanin, referring to the red leaves, <laughs> this is somebody with... That was a tip-off, huh? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> but it's been a long, long time. job. Thank you so much. And you'd say you did postgraduate work in horticulture, or you were an Aggie at Guelph? Well, <laughs> oh, I'm dating myself. 7,000 light years. <laughs> I was, I was <laughs> there in 1969 into the... the uh, or 1959 into the 60s, uh-huh. and that was at that time, it was the Ontario Agricultural College. Sure, the Cow College of Ontario. That's right. That's right. That and OVC, OAC, and OVC. Oh yeah. Well, that's right. So when I went there, it was the University of Guelph, but I was a, a member of the faculty of the Ontario Agriculture College. Oh, you were. Yes, exactly. Because that, of course, still remains. In, in what field? In horticulture. My, I did a degree in what's called was called then environmental well, horticulture. Who was involved with landscape uh, gardening. Then, well, there was the landscape architecture was a completely different faculty, uh, which was really fairly new. Nobody really knew what landscape architecture was when I was at Guelph. Well, did you ever meet, uh, uh, what's his name, Wheel, Johnny Wheel? Doesn't ring a bell. Wheel and Cullen. Oh, of course, yeah. 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 No, but Johnny Wheel wasn't there when I was there. Well, he'd be dead and gone, I guess. I was there in the 70s. Not that much after you. Oh, 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 oh. Speaking of dating ourselves. <laughs> yeah. God, we're dating our, our, dating ourselves, folks. Thanks for taking my call. Well, thanks so much it's for calling. Yeah. And, uh, Are you up to the uh, your rooftop with snow in Aurelia right now? Oh. We're just back from Mexico. Ah. Oh, boy. It's tough to take, eh? Huh. the Pacific Ocean. Ah. I'm looking out here. It's a huge mound. <laughs> William. I liked you. I liked you right up to that point, you know. <laughs> the and Mexico when you, the part. Mexico part came in, I thought, I don't like this guy. <laughs> <laughs> you, Listen, carry on, guys. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you, Merry Christmas. You know, uh, 
You shouldn't be a sous chef. Oh, shouldn't I? No. Well, my hobby's cooking. Oh, 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 well, I, I can come over and give you a hand there. You know? <laughs> I can wreck something you're cooking, believe me. Undergardener, yeah. how's that? <laughs> I am the undergardener. I had deep sea scallops the other night. You couldn't wreck those. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Great William. You, folks. Thank you, Take William. Care. Wonderful oh, weekend. You thank too. you very All much. Okay. <laughs> And Merry Christmas to you, too. What a happy guy, huh? And what a committed listener. Absolutely. Yeah, he's an AM740 guy. Next you know where, up the street there, ha, ha, ha. Yeah. They lost one to us. Shows Yay. You, <laughs> shows you what they, people should <laughs> be listening 923. to. 923. Like William. <laughs> our phone number's here to reach Charlie Dobbin on uh, the Garden Show at AM740, 416 360 0740 in Toronto. Those uh, out of uh, town, anywhere in the province, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Charlie shall return after these words. Through rainy days and long droughts, infestations and early frost, she's the one constant in your garden. You're listening to the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And I'm Frank Proctor, uh, bidding you good morning on this Saturday, the 11th day of December. My goodness. Speaking of which, are you ready for Christmas? Uh, just about. I'm oh, getting closer. I'm you. getting closer. I'm thinking about it much. Harder. I was going to say, I'm thinking about it <laughs> yeah. more. Yeah, <laughs> Can't yeah. say I've done much, but right. it's all about Christmas trees right now. Yeah. That's on my list. I have to go out and get a tree today, tomorrow. Get that sorted out. That's always a big deal. Okay. All right. All right. A couple of, uh, you know, in the season, the spirit of the season. Yeah, yeah. I brought a couple of riddles in, and I just thought I'd just you know, see how all right, sharp all right, you are. All right. Okay. Yeah. So what did Santa Claus say when he walked through a garden? Hmm. Ho, ho, ho. Yeah, that's a very good guess. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> there you go. There you go. All right. You're clearly sharp. All right. You ready for this one? All right. If, okay, what lives in winter, so lives in winter but dies in summer and grows with its root upward? Oh, man. Lives in winter, dies in summer, but grows with its root upward. Holy cow, you got me there. Think about that one, baby. Yeah, okay. We'll go to some callers. Our callers yeah, might just have if, an answer. All right. Let, well, let's see if Jimmy uh, Jimmy Rivera there in Port Colburn, do you know the answer to that, Jimmy? <laughs> I know a lot of stuff, but uh, I've been a plan all my life, and I'll figure out how to get myself water. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. But anyway, uh, there's all kinds of plan life in this world. I know I've been one all my life. All right. Uh, anyway, I just want to wish you the ultimate Merry Christmas and New Year. Thank you. Uh, you too. Did you get my card, Frank? Uh, not not as yet. Uh, well, the mailman must have a broken foot. Okay. <laughs> and anyway, uh, I should have put Charlie on there, too. Anyway, Charlie, you're all a great couple. I really love you dearly. I Thank really you. do. Anyway, if I make it the next year, I shall meet you. <laughs> anyway, the bottom line is the Saloa Vera plant that I've got. Yes. You told me you water yours twice a year. About right? that, yep. And so after I talked to you, mine started looking kind of dry. So I soaked it mm-hmm. with regular plant food, too, and I let it drain. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of leaves fell off, just two. The the lower so old water, right? Um. Well, it's not that unusual for older leaves to fall off, meaning the outer leaves. Oh, the bottom ones, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's not not a big plant yet, but I'm going to leave it alone because uh, you are what you said. You water yours twice a That's year. That's right. So now that you gave it that good thorough soaking, uh, allow it to dry out. Like th- you know, feel the soil every couple yeah. of days. Let it get to the point where it's it's dry, and then wait another week <laughs> after that, and water with water only, no fertilizer. Water once a month, maybe. Well, uh, you got to remember, my aloe vera is in a very large pot. Yeah. Uh, it's like a ten-inch pot, and it's uh, it's a number of plants. And um, when I water, it is about yeah one. 
once every month or two when I think about it. Yeah. And I'll water with a couple of cups of water. I, I don't know if I've ever really fertilized it, though. So be careful. Don't fertilize again if yeah, you fertilize Yeah, we're not working plants whose deadly stuff. Yeah. I put that in my cereal. <laughs> oh. And you're growing yeah, like is, stink, are you? Uh, it is the best plant food. <laughs> I want to hold you up too much longer. Thanks, Jimmy. Like hey, Jimmy. I Frank, before I go on, I would really wish him the ultimate Merry Christmas. The ultimate. I'll do one Rodney for you, ready fast? Okay. No respect at all. <laughs> my wife says, honey, will you please put the garbage out? I said, you cooked it. You put it out. <laughs> now, here's a good one. Now, here's a, I haven't done this one yet. Okay. No respect at all. <laughs> when I was a kid, I asked my dad to go skating on the lake. He said, "Sure, wait till it warms up." <laughs> here's, well, here's a good one, oh, Jimmy. One we got it. We got to get one, one more. Okay, one more. the hook's uh, coming out. Uh, the other one is a real good one. Um, oh, I, oh, I got to respect you. Oh, I had a blind date. This girl was so ugly. She looks. Like she comes second in a hatchet fight. This girl was so <laughs> Should have stopped. Should have stopped at the first one. Ahead, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jimmy. Yeah, we got we got to run. We Thanks. got to run. Merry Thank Christmas. you for your accolades and all that, but uh, <laughs> we really do have to go. Jimmy Rivera, Portland, funny guy, really. He really is. He is. Uh, let's see. Nine thirty on the old Schnazola here at AM seven forty. Phone lines to reach Charlie Dobbin on the Garden Show and sometimes the Joke Show four one six three six zero zero seven forty. I don't get no respect. One eight six six seven forty four seven forty, and that's a, a call collect situation. Call collect. Well, God. Yeah, exactly. it's, it's toll free, is what I'm saying. Jimmy got me all flustered. I sure did. Yeah. <laughs> Have you figured out the answer to my riddle? No, yet? no. What? Say it again what now. Lives what lives in winter, yeah, lives in winter, dies in summer, okay. and grows with its root upward. Oh. See if Barbara. David, do you know? No, no. no Dave's shaking Dave's his head in there. Just not awake. Well, okay, Barbara in St. Catharines. Maybe you're brighter than I, which I'm pretty sure would guarantee things. Hello there. Hello. 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 Yeah. Good morning. Good morning. Have you I been working on that today? riddle? How are you? How are you today, love? Good. Thank you. <laughs> I have a question for both you and Charlie. Okay. <laughs> and it's about my roses. I have already given them some bone meal. I ho- hope I did well. Mm-hmm. And now I'm wondering, could I, because I have a lot of clay, it's a new subdivision. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering, uh, could I put some um, peat moss now? I was told that breaks up clay or some rotten manure. Is that possible? Uh, okay, so these are roses that are out in the garden. They're out in the garden, Charlie, yes. Okay, and are they tender roses? Are they the kind of roses that you're going to want to cover with a, with a hill before we get into too deep of, of uh, uh, winter? I am not familiar with the first term that you use, Charlie. Do you have any idea what v- the varieties are? They are called... Uh, just give me one sec here. I'm going to pick a card up and, and for one. Just one sec, please, Charlie. No problem. Well, while she's sorting out what kind of roses she's growing, do, do you want to? Are you still Tap thinking dance? about yeah, that? Yeah, well, yeah. No. What, what lives in winter, okay. dies in summer, and grows with its root upward. I know. Jeez, Dave's crazy. Dave's got an expression like mine. What? All right, here's an easy know. one. All right. What kind of tree has hands? Palm tree. Yeah, exactly. Well, there you go. There you oh, go. Charlie, what do you know? The card disappeared. However, they are um, very um, aromatic. They are ever blooming. Mm-hmm. It's, right now, it's um, it has frozen blooms on it. Right. And uh, they, this particular one, grow. It's it's um, 
giant tall and the other two are actually david austin okay perfect so that's all i need to know so sorry about that no 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 problem so the thing to understand about these roses barbara is that they are what we call tender roses in the sense that they are actually not growing on their own roots they have been grafted or budded onto the roots of a different rose so there's a bit of a swollen um gnarly bit uh where the the graft actually is where the root and the stem come together so when you planted them if if you planted them or somebody had maybe helped you plant them there yeah. would have been that kind of swollen bulbous part to the stem that should have been planted just below the the surface of the soil i did that i followed what they said charlie okay perfect and like yeah. you said new subdivision heavy clay so good yeah. idea when planting to uh, do whatever kind of amending that you can to that soil. Peat moss, compost, excellent ideas, all perfect. Yeah. Bone meal, good idea, particularly when planting. Oh. After they've been planted and they've, you know, they're established a year or two later, do not yeah. worry about adding bone meal to your roses. But oh. very, very good idea when planting. A handful oh. of bone meal into the planting hole. Now, you asked about um, doing more soil amending, and absolutely, yes, next spring, there's, you know, it's a very, very good idea. Get a good half inch of nice, fresh, fertile compost onto the surface of the, so- uh, surface of the soil, very light cultivation, just because you don't want to hurt any of the roots of right. the roses. Yeah. But right now, at this time of year, what you could be doing is, if you do have peat moss or you can get a hold of some peat moss, get that, bring that home open up the bag of peat moss and actually pour a pile of peat moss, 8 to 10 inches deep, right over the crown of the plant, right over the the center of the plant uh, of each of your roses. And that will just help them because in St. Catharines, I know we we make jokes about it being the banana belt, Mm -hmm. and and certainly it it does tend to be milder in St. Catharines. It is. But you can still get some pretty bitter, cold nights. And if you don't have snow cover, it can be very, very hard on the, on the roses. Really? And, yeah, and that's where the, that peat moss will help because it will mitigate some of those extreme oh. temperatures. And I, it's exactly what I did last Sunday. I w- went out and I finally, you know, I've been talking about my roses and how I haven't protected them yet. Yeah, but yeah. I finally did go out last weekend. And, of course, my neighbors all laughed at me out in the snow, I know. stomping around in my boots with my, <laughs> you know, my you know what you're doing, Charlie. Well, as I poured the peat moss on finally last uh, last Sunday. And it it's, uh, okay. makes a huge difference. Just, just in case. I mean, sure, we have snow now, but I never trust that the snow is going to stay. No. All right. So I that's... I tried to reach you before, but you are so busy. I know. We so, and now I think it's too late. It's frozen already, right? Oh, oh no, 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 no. It's, ne- no? it's never too late. Uh, okay. It's better, better Particularly sooner. in St. Catharines. That's right. Better, yeah. okay. better now Thank than you. not. So if you can get a hold of some peat moss, that's what I would do. Okay. All right, I have thanks. a whole thing of peat moss that I bought at Canadian oh, Time. Well, there you go, Barbara. <laughs> thanks for your perseverance, too, thanks, for getting Barbara. through on the line. Bless Thank your heart. You. Thank you both so much. I enjoyed the show. I don't miss it one Saturday morning. Well, Excellent. thank you. Thank you. And, and a very Merry Christmas to you. so much. Thanks to you both, and have a very good day. And thank you. Too. What a charming lady. Okay, let's... let's, uh, I think you paid her. Is she your neighbor or anything? (laughs) Yes, could well be. Yeah, down the hall. I was going to say. Well, uh, this this couldn't be the case here because Betty lives in Hamilton Mm -hmm. and is uh, calling into the garden show. And hello to you, Betty. Hello. Hi. Morning. Good morning. Can you speak a little louder? Well, you know, I'm wondering if, hmm, I wonder what the situation might be, David. We don't know. Can you, are you having... Okay, well, uh, what I want to ask you is about my 
chrysanthemums. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to keep them over the winter, and I want to know, should I cut off the blooms? Are they inside the house or outside? No, no, they're outside. Oh, um, you know what? If I were you, I would just leave them alone unless you find them very unsightly. If you uh-huh. haven't oh. cut them off yet, you can cut them in the spring. Oh, cut in the spring. Okay. Yep. Yep. And uh, will they go to seed? No, probably not. Most oh. of the chrysanthemums we grow are hybrids, and they, if they do produce seed, it will, they will not grow. Oh. oh. So, and the, see, the nice thing about leaving the chrysanthemum uh, up above ground all winter is, yeah. number one, they can be kind of pretty in a, in a mm. dusty sort of a way, uh-huh. but because they're slow to grow in the spring, if you leave them up all winter, then you know exactly where the plant is. I see. So that when you do go cut it down in the spring, remember it's the root that's going to survive the winter. Not, nothing above ground is going to survive. Right. But they're very slow to emerge from the root. And so it can be the kind of plant that if we cut it down in the fall, then we're out there kind of playing around, checking the garden mm. in the spring, and we can't remember where the chrysanthemums were. And oh, by mistake, we can end up stepping right on the spot where the root is trying to emerge, but of course it can't when we step on it. So uh-huh. having it still above ground is just a nice way to mark exactly where those mums are. But get out there with your shears in, you know, probably April, might uh-huh. be early April, might be late April, but just go out there with your shears and cut the whole thing right down to ground level around about uh, on a nice day in the spring. Oh, good, good. Now, how come um, some, some of them, um, they don't seem to survive the winter? Uh, and when, when I'm buying them, how can I tell? Well, two ways. One is there's two kinds of mums. There's hardy mums, and then there are what we call florist mums. I see. So the hardy mums are the mums that will or should survive the winter. Yeah. The florist mums are the ones that we buy usually inside the grocery store or inside the garden center, yeah. and they look exactly the same to our eyes, but they're not as tough or as hardy and able to survive the winter. If you want mums that will survive the winter, you need to buy them outside the store because that's usually an indicator that they're the hardy variety. And number two, you want to get them in the ground at least six weeks before the first hard frost. Six weeks. Okay. Yeah. So, so if you kind of say, well, Hamilton, we usually get a hard frost in October sometime. What uh-huh. that would mean is you, if you want to have mums survive and they are usually for sale, you can actually buy mums in the spring. But oh, they're just green plants and nobody ever is attracted to them in the spring. It's when uh-huh. they're flowering in the fall that we all fall in love with mums. So yeah, buy- yeah, I see. Yeah, well, so many of them, when you buy them, I'll say, you know, well, they survive the winter. Oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> well, I bought so many and no, they don't. Well, get them in the ground end of August or early September at the latest uh-huh. and make sure, like, whoever, wherever you're shopping, ask a smart staff member, just be absolutely clear that these are hardy mums. Right. Okay. Right. Okay, then. Well, thank you very You're much. You're very welcome. Thank you, Susan. Thanks for your call. Have a great day, and thank you for listening to The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin that on was, AM 740. That was actually Betty. Um, oh, was it Betty? The, but the other oh, thing, I, I was just... Oh, that's coming next. Just uh, going to say uh, to Betty, if she's still listening, uh, our last caller, we were talking about roses uh, with uh, Barbara. She mentioned bone meal. Not a bad idea if you want to help those mums survive when you're planting them in the fall. Throw a handful of bone meal into the planting hole when you're planting the mums. Of course, remember, water thoroughly at that same moment. And again, more likely for roots to grow and more likely for the plants to survive. It's all about roots. 
It's all about roots, and yes. we still haven't come up with the answer to that question. So if anybody knows what lives in winter, dies in summer, and grows with its roots up, yep. man, I, I, that's still got me. Still, okay, I've been, I'll give you another quick one. Oh. What vegetable might you find in your basement? Okay, while you're thinking about that, yes. uh, while you're thinking about that, I'll just mention Sierra Sil because, of course, Sierra Sil is one of the products that Frank takes, my husband takes, because it has helped them to stay active. Uh, whether it's shoveling snow, cross country skiing, kickboxing, or gardening, we all want to stay active and busy and feeling good without aches and stiffness. Sierra Sil can help with that. It's a very completely natural mineral complex. You take it daily, and it will just keep those joints moving. Now, for more information, there's wonderful people standing by. one joint 14 Transplanting good ideas from one gardener to another. This is the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And I'm Frank Proctor, the sous chef, and I uh, must warn Dorothy and Coburg that I've already informed the police that violence might be ensuing at your place because I understand you're forcing some crocuses. Is this true? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Be careful now. Abuse. Yes, abuse. <laughs> morning, Dorothy. Good morning. <laughs> I planted the crocuses about seven weeks ago now, mm-hmm. and I've had them down in the cold room downstairs. Perfect. And uh, they started peeking through, mm-hmm. and so, of course, I was thrilled and brought them out. And uh, the last two weeks, they haven't moved since I brought them out. So yesterday, I brought them up into the living room and put them near the window. Mm-hmm. Is that the correct thing that I should be doing? Actually, the correct thing to do would have been to have left them down in the cold for longer. Oh. that's that. So you could, if they haven't moved at all, you've still just got the little green leaves. Well, no, there I would say, oh, over, over half an inch now. Okay, but it is just green leaves that you're seeing. Well, I'm not seeing anything. I'm just seeing white points. Oh, okay. So, so when you say you took them out of the root cellar where, or out of the cool room, where did you put them? You had just kept them in a warmer spot I like dark? I left them in the basement, oh, okay. which is a little bit warmer than the room that they were in. Okay. Um, you know what my impulse would be? It would be to go bef- before they turn green. Because what's going to happen as soon as you get them into the light in the, in the living room or the dining room or the, wherever yeah. upstairs, yeah. all that white growth is going to turn green. Okay, because that's just natural, you know, photosynthesis mm-hmm. is going to happen and the little coroplasts are going to start to be emerge as green. Mm-hmm. So what I would do is I'd be inclined to right now grab that pot, go back down and put it back in the cold room. Oh. Because it really needs more weeks of cool in order for the flower buds to be initiated. Oh, okay. There's no question the leaves will grow. Mm-hmm. But I, I believe that the flowers will not grow with only seven weeks in the cold room. Oh, okay. You actually need, in the case of crocuses, closer to 10 weeks. And in the case of some of the bigger bulbs, like the tulips and the hyacinths, we need a full 14 to 15 weeks in oh, the, that's in the a cold. Oh, time, isn't it? Yeah. I was hoping to have little, I've made four pots, and I was hoping mm. to give some of them for Christmas, but it uh, doesn't sound as if they're going to be ready. Well, I mean, what we'll is today is the 11th. So even if you put them back, remember, once you, they start to grow, they come on very quickly. Oh, so okay. So even if you take them back down into that cool room for another 
10 days. Okay. Then pull them up and then pu- instead of just going in straight into the basement, go straight upstairs and get them into some light so that yeah. they're going to start to green up. Okay. And then if you wanted to, to decorate up the little pots and give them as gifts on around, you know, the 22nd, 23rd, they should be little green sprouts growing at that point and then oh. just cross your fingers that they're going to flower. Yeah. Okay. If they don't, then just know that you needed a few more weeks and you just had to do that process a few weeks earlier next so time. So in future, I'll put them in the cold cellar for about... Ten. Oh, eight or ten weeks. Ten, preferably. Yeah. So, okay. And it's all about counting backwards. Like, uh, whenever you're forcing bulbs, put forward the date when you want them to bloom and then count backwards to when you're going you're gonna to start the forcing process. Oh, okay. Will okay. do. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Thank Thanks. you. Have a happy Christmas. And you too. Thank thanks you, Dorothy. And Thank uh, you. indeed, thanks for calling the Charlie Dobbin Garden Show, to which we will return momentarily. Uh, the phone number is in Toronto, 416-360-0740. Anywhere out of, uh, the, uh, out of town and in the province, it's toll-free, 1-866-744-740. Before we go, uh, okay, since you're still having trouble with my what lives in winter, (sighs) dies in summer, and grows with its root upward, how about what vegetable might you find in your basement? Oh, I know the answer, and this is so silly. It's just... What? Celery. Celery is Celery. the vegetable oh. you might find in your basement. Good for you. <laughs> oh. All right, here's another good one that's just as silly. What vegetable do you need a plumber for? Oh, <laughs> let's think about that. And uh, <laughs> a pre-warning to Susan in Hamilton. We're on our way. We'll be there shortly. <laughs> Getting to the root of a growing dilemma. This is the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And a good morning from Frank Proctor, the uh, sous chef of the garden, as we bid good day to Susan, calling from Hamilton. Good day, Susan. Um, hi, hello. Morning. Hi. Good morning. Um, I have a, it's probably a silly question, but um, you know the white tree guards? Mm-hmm. The plastic spiral gizmos? Right. Yep. Um, I had a Rosa Sharon um, chewed by a rabbit. I lost part of it last year. Um, I was wondering myself, I had a few young trees. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just wondered when and where you use them, because, I mean, you don't see people using them all over the place, and I have a few valuable trees, mm-hmm. and I just wondered if it would be a good idea to, to put them on those trees. Great question, actually. Not, not a silly question at all. Oh, okay. Um, <clears throat> to pr- to um, protect the bark of the trees from rabbits or deer, those tree guards can be quite effective. <clears throat> the okay. trick, of course, is... Um, Sorry, and the one animal that they don't do such a good job protecting from are mice because mice will get under the snow and then they'll tend to go up under the tree guard. But okay. certainly when it comes to uh, to deer and, and uh, rabbits, the tree guards are perfect. As long as you get them on the trees, um, preferably the sooner, like sooner than later, because so, you want them to be below the snow line right from the ground up. Right. <clears throat> the other trees we put the white tree guards on are the dark barked trees, particularly our fruit trees, um, apples, cherries, peaches, because the dark bark absorbs sunlight on the sunny days in February and warms up so much that quite often the liquid under the bark will thaw. And then as the sun goes down, that liquid will freeze and split the bark. So the white tree guard reflects the sun away. So, okay. so it's used for both reflecting sunshine away, but it's uh, they're definitely used, as you point out, for protecting from rabbits and deer. So um, the sooner you put them on, the better. 
so it wouldn't look silly because I've got trees. Like I've got uh, I've got a, a beautiful uh, weeping larch and a um, a weeping um, a beech that are quite valuable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and I thought, well, maybe they're too old. Maybe I don't need them. The older bark, you're right, is tougher and harder for, for the rabbits to chew into. Uh, and rabbits have preferred food. They will always go to things like euonymus before they'll go somewhere else. So they'll chew on their preferred foods, and then when, once that's all gone, then they'll start working on other plants. So, yes, if they're okay. valuable trees, always wrap. Don't worry about the silliness factor. The other thing uh, you can do is you can use burlap or a okay. wire cage around the base of the plants. And the idea is that, that wouldn't be quite as visible, uh, but it does that same protection okay okay thank you thank Susan. You very much you're welcome you're thanks welcome. for your call hey the garden show on the air from am 740 as we travel along to brampton and mary is there hi mary how are you yes good morning morning uh i brought in a hibiscus and to my very much surprise it's been growing green and i just finished the last of the flowers I haven't fertilized at all. Do I fertilize after I cut it down in February or do it now? No, wait, wait until, absolutely, you're going to wait until February, March, preferably March, to do your, start your fertilizing program. And of course, you'll fertilize every two to three weeks starting then. But uh, not okay. now. Well, I'm, I'm really surprised because it has grown inside the house. It will. It will grow, but what you'll find is the leaves will tend to be smaller than what they were outside. And, if, and the, the growth... Well, the flowers have been smaller. Yes, exactly. And like you said, the flowers are done, so that's good. And the, just allow it to be a green plant. Okay. Expect it to... You will get new growth, there's no question. Sometimes you'll actually get a bit of a um, stretched growth or elongated growth because the light levels are lower. No, so, so the leaves change a bit. Yeah, so just remember, keep turning the plant every, you know, oh, every I do. Yeah, week or yeah. so, uh, 180 degrees. And mm-hmm. come February, March, give it a nice hard pruning, start your fertilizing then. And of course, lots of new growth is going to come out at that point. And you're going to have a chance to really shape the plant, make it a, a really good, dense, uh, balanced, good-looking plant in preparation for the next set of flowers. Sounds good. Excellent. I'm really surprised that it did so well indoors. Very good. Well, good for you. You must have, a, have be doing something right. Green thumb. Green thumb <laughs> and not enough light was worked okay. Good for you. <laughs> Thank you very much Thanks. for Thanks. the call. Thanks. Have a good day. And you too. Okay. Do we have time for one more call here, uh, Charlie? Or if did, the, uh, yeah, yeah sure. Simple. We'll talk Thanks. fast. Rochelle, hi. Welcome to the show. Hello. Hi. Good morning. Oh, I'm looking in my back. I'm standing in my back garden, and I'm looking at the lavender is still green. Mm -hmm. The dianthus or the pinks are still Mm -hmm. green. Um, Is it? Do they not die back for the winter, or do they stay evergreen? No, they're evergreen. And so the trick with the, with those kind of perennial plants is that, I mean, if we had a really, really cold winter with no snow, then you're right. You're going to get a lot of leaf dieback. But if we have a nice snow level uh, layer all winter or we have a very mild winter, you'll find that those leaves will survive no problem. And so what we do is we shear those plants when they're finished flowering. So the, the dianthus bloom early. We give them a nice shearing when they're finished flowering just to keep them, again, nice and kind of dense and compact. Same with the lavender. Often people will do a shearing right after the flowers and, you know, obviously save those flowers for, for sachets, etc. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a number actually of evergreen or what we call semi-evergreen perennials out there. Just depends on what kind of a, wev- a winter we're going to have, how green they are Google next spring. How about okay, that? All right. thank you very much Trim- for working me in. You're very welcome. Okay, and you and don't, don't hesitate to trim off anything that's dead, brown, dried up next spring. 
Okay. Okay. You're looking Thanks. at me strange there, Frank. Well, no, I'm just thinking of using the word sachet. I like sachet, sachet. you know, so I have to use John Wayne. You know, going to sachet toward the door in a minute, but before we do, you got some final thoughts there, Charlie. I do, and, and okay. you know it's a, a synonym for, for sachet? What is, is it, Pilgrim? Tussie-mussie. Okay. <laughs> Jeez. Okay, you got to. I love you, doing that. To you you got to. You got to tell me the riddle right. thing before we go because what it's lives driving in me nuts. Winter, right. dies in summer and grows with its root upward. On Dave and I are just no. icicle. Oh, Lord, love a duck. An icicle lives in winter, <laughs> dies in summer, and grows with its root upward. What can I say? It was a tough sorry? one. Sorry? <laughs> How about sorry that you put us all through that? Aw, sorry. <laughs> yeah. And I dropped my yogurt this morning, so I I'm know. still... <laughs> You're still in a bad mood <laughs> yeah, about I'm that. Yeah, I'm still in a bad mood. <laughs> anyway, hey, listen, have a wonderful week. Thank you very much. And we'll see you back here again next, next Saturday, Saturday morning. right? And uh, do remember, you know, if these dog days of winter are starting to mm-hmm. get to you because it's just been cold and a big storm coming yep. tomorrow, in 10 short days is the December solstice. And from that point forward, our days start getting longer again. Ah, so you nicely see? done. So Whoops, you see? I see the door being rolled up Dave's Corner Garage. Oh, my it's God. Coming up. Heads it's up. coming up. <laughs> the guys are going to be at you very soon. Dave Rediger, Alan Gelman out there, all set to have fun and frivolity and... Also As opposed to too. our serious gardening yes, show. Yes, yes. We have no fun on very our show. Studious, very studious, very studious. No fun allowed <laughs> show. <laughs> and I'll be back at 11 o'clock with Live in the City here at AM 740. And you've got lots going on in the city, oh, I bet. a ton of stuff. Excellent. Yeah. Well, have a good show, good yeah. week, and I will see you next week. Thanks, Dave. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM 740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.